What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Happy 2022 as well. This is the Sons of Saturday. You are joined by Billy Ray Mitchell on the East Coast, specifically Bergen County, New Jersey. Patrick Finn in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Grayson, respectively, back on the West Coast in Los Angeles. And we're here to catch up on a whole bunch of stuff. Talk some hokey football, talk some national championship stuff, talk some Virginia Tech future stuff. But first, we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Main Street Pharmacy. And it was actually the coolest thing that I saw on Twitter today. Main Street Pharmacy located in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street. If you are more than a number, you are a neighbor taking care of all of your pharmaceutical needs and home needs, beauty care, uh, beverages, whatever you need. But Today, a tweet from Lee Watson, at Lee Watson 1689. He said, I just donated the amount I've saved on RXs from Main Street Pharmacy to the Hokie Club. I challenge others to save money and give back. So with the money that Lee Watson saved from the incredible deals that he gets to Main Street Pharmacy, he donated back to the Hokie Club. So round of applause for both Jeremy, Main Street Pharmacy, and Lee Watson. We love to see that. Check out our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. But Pat's going to kick us off with a hokey haiku. Pat, what do we have? In lieu of the national championship happening last night, all of us still kind of uh, a little drowsy. We got to get an earlier kickoff. Uh, We need to do that. But Speak for yourself, East Coast boys. No, you guys don't care about football over there. Like nobody over there watches football anyway. Okay, us. I care about football. I watched it. And I was watching, you know, the third quarter at 7.49 p.m. So I feel great. Speak for yourself. All right. You're, you're annoying. Um, <laughs> Bama goes down to dogs. Wow, that was six syllables. Bama loses two dogs. That's five. Kirby is Saban's daddy until next season. Okay. Good save. Good save. Um, I guess before we get into the pinstripe bowl thoughts, here am I. Here am I. I I'm going to give a couple thoughts on, on the national championship, very high level. One, people have to stop hating on Nick Saban. The guy's great. He is the uh, he is the New York Yankees of college football. He is incredible. He's built it. He's done it. I don't understand the Nick Saban hate. Um, point number two, they're just so far away from everybody else whether it's from a talent perspective whether it's from a coaching staff perspective um i know we'll talk about this later there was a tweet going out today about how big their staff is from top to bottom and and just it's just a different type of universe it's a different deck of cards it's a different scenario um and then our guy who i can't think of his name kirk herbstreet was alerting to this alluding to this too the size and speed of the guys in the front seven are just elite. Whether you look at Alabama, you look at Georgia, some of the closing speed on some of the replays from the linebackers or the defensive line, just a different ball game, man. Um, and uh, college football is in a race to catch up to Alabama and Georgia. That's just the way it is. And it'll be like that for a little while. So challenge to the rest of college football. They are the, they are the standard. So um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. A lot of people were complaining about the matchup. A lot of people were, you know, I watched the game. 
I tuned in, had a great time, watched some great football. Um, clearly the two best teams playing and duking it out. Pat, what were your thoughts? Yeah, apparently last night and then the game last year, they were like the two lowest rated national championship games in the last 20 years or something like that from a TV perspective. Uh, I thought it was a good game. Um, was I excited about the matchup? No, obviously I'm always going to watch it. Um, two best teams. Definitely right about the the size and the speed, even like when they just pan to the sideline of some of these dudes on Georgia we don't have like a single guy on our team who looks like any of their players. Amari Barno could play safety for Georgia, maybe at his size. That's yeah. Literally the way it looks on TV. Jamari Salyer, I think, encapsulates what we were all thinking. He was number 69 for the Georgia Bulldogs, offensive line. That man, like, it looks like Andre the Giant. I like where did they find that kid? Five star offensive lineman. He's he was a senior this year, got himself a national championship. But like you look at both sidelines, those are grass fed beef boys. Uh, on the offensive line, linebackers at every position. And I someone said this a long time ago. Yeah, sure, you have Bryce Young in Alabama, you have star power there, but it's always on both. Georgia and Alabama's defenses, you never have like stars. It's just a bunch of dogs. No pun yeah, intended. Everybody, everybody, every star. <laughs> every, but it's like no one's really talking about them. Like you don't hear ESPN talk about stars on their defense throughout the season. They just show up and they wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, two best defenses in college football last night went toe to toe. It was uh, it just, I, I, Bill, it's like you're saying, man, we're just so. Everyone, everyone, not just Virginia Tech, so far behind yeah. those programs. It's yeah. crazy, man. Checkers and chess, man. Checkers and chess. And we have like the little plane version that folds up in your backpack. And they're playing with like the, you know, when you go to some like parks, they have like the massive, the massive chess pieces. <laughs> that's, like that's, that's good. That's kind of the comparison that you can make. Um, but yeah, love college football. It is now over. We turn the page to 2022-2023 season. Um, Pat, let's just ca- talk real quickly about the experience of the Pinstripe Bowl. And let me preface this by saying that we got on this podcast, this podcast right here, and I said, look, this is probably going to suck. Um, we're probably not going to look all that great. Um, opt-outs galore. Um, you saw it with some of the guys lining up, catching balls, lining up, trying to make tackles guys that, you know, we haven't heard of yet guys that haven't played this year. Um, and it was, a, it was a bloodbath. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a beatdown. If I had to say, it's kind of hard to analytically go at the game and say, Hey, I wish we did this more. I wish we did this differently. Um, clearly outmatched. Uh, but if I had to say a couple things about the game, we only threw the ball twice um, with Taj Bullock. I would have loved to see a little bit more uh, of him throwing the football. Um, we ran the ball 48 times, 48 times we ran the ball for 122 yards, which is, which is very poor. You can go ahead and do the, the yards per gain uh, on that as well. Uh, also, I thought it was interesting. Keyshawn King, one carry. That's a guy who's kind of been buried in the depth chart. Um, or buried in the usage these last couple weeks. Um, so look, it is what it is. Wasn't expecting it to go well. It didn't go well. 
Shout out the guy in the New, Church, New Jersey Transit who said, hey, Maryland's not really good. And I, like an idiot, bet on us to win, which was astronomically stupid on my part. Um, but look, what a fun Wednesday. I had so much fun at the Pinstripe Bowl. Um, you know, Wednesday, you take PTO, you go on down. We were at, uh, we were at stands. Bunch of, bunch of Hokies were down there. Um, and man, it just, I, I, it was one of the most fun I've ever had at a game. It's probably, it's the most fun at a game that I've had where we just got absolutely annihilated. Pat, do you feel the same way? So that's so funny. It's the most fun you've ever had at a game where we've gotten annihilated. How many games are in that category? I can't think of, I mean, I that was, <laughs> a beatdown of epic proportions. I, I guess I'll go as far as to say it's the most fun I've had at a game where we lost by more than 14, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I really, the game kind of took a backseat to the game, took a backseat to the friendship and the game took a backseat to the environment playing in Yankee stadium was pretty cool. I mean, I, I just, I, I enjoyed the entire thing. That was my second time uh, at new Yankee stadium. I had a great time. It was sweet. I thought it was really cool just to, be there and to see you know my favorite team growing up playing in my favorite baseball team uh their home field i used to be a huge yankee fan i used to watch them every single night yes network seven o'clock michael k ken singleton on the call and seeing the Hokies play there was just different and a lot of fun obviously we brought our jv team like it was it was a battle between jv and varsity and i don't think any Hokie fan was taking our team seriously just with how many opt-outs and how many folks were headed the portal or, you know, not playing, but um, we had a lot of fun, a lot of good people stands. And then also the uniforms were awesome. You know, I I just think, I think it was so cool that we were playing in Yankee stadium with those uniforms, with those cool helmets. And uh, I'm really hoping that even though we are Oh, two wearing the throwbacks that we see a lot of them next year, because I think, I think there's, you know, every single Hokie fan across the board would be in favor of that. Uh, and make a, make a white alternate. Got to have a white alternate. I feel like that'd be so clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. And, and and it's kind of a bummer, I think, that they're not auctioning those helmets off. But I understand that there's probably some le- legal issues in doing that with the Yankee logo. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with y'all. Y'all were there. I was not. I was at home in Virginia. Uh, I watched it with my dad and my mom and my little brother Hampton and then my dad's fraternity brother and his wife. Uh, and, you know, we had mom made some sausage dip. We uh, we had, you know, kind of like the charcuterie board out going. Uh, had bourbon was flowing. We had zero expectations, y'all. Like 17 players opted out of this thing. Notably, Braxton Burmeister, our starting quarterback for the entire season. Uh, Trey Turner, Jordan Williams, Maury Barno, Tavian Robinson had transferred to Kentucky by that point. James Mitchell's injured, but traveled with the team, which is awesome. Um, and as I, I, I kind of kept this in mind throughout the entire game. Like I remember in Maryland had that special teams touchdown early on. And a lot of those guys who are instrumental, a lot of the starters, a lot of what Beamer ball encapsulated uh, that has gone widespread all over college football is like you play your most talented players on special teams. So when you miss those guys, not only where they typically take snaps, you suffer at special teams as well. Um, all in all, I mean, I, I think the, the game was kind of a good luck, best of luck in your future endeavors to the remaining people on the staff uh, who will not be retained next year. 
Um, but the cupboard's empty. <laughs> the cupboard is bare. It is a barren wasteland. Um, we talked about this a little bit before we press record today. I think you're one of Coach Pry's rebuild. It's going to be tough. Uh, I think people need to kind of set themselves up mentally for that. Uh, just We've hit the transfer portal hard. It remains to be seen how that all comes together. But year one should be, I'll put, I'll, I'll say interesting. It's going to be a tremendous challenge. Oh, uh, yeah. Tremendous challenge in the uh, in, in year one of, uh, of Coach Pry. Um, you know, the only other thing I, I, I'd point out, which was alarming, um, was I don't have the first half stats in front of me, but the time of possession and everything else, if you would have just looked at that, you'd be like, oh, Tech, Tech's playing really well at halftime. Uh, we actually ended up winning the time of possession battle 34 minutes to 25 um, and still found a way to lose 54 to 10. Um, not sure how many times that's happened, but um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty hard to do that. Um, but we found a way um, I guess to, to put a bow on it, Pat, I didn't know how viewing would be in a baseball stadium. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I didn't really have a, tr- a hard time seeing the, seeing the game. Did you, did you pick up on anything like that? No, I, I was sitting right next to you. I think we were good. The angles were good. The <laughs> yeah. angles were good. They put the band up and like the, uh, in the, uh, in the center field, which was really cool. Um, I don't know. Really good job. Pinstripe ball. It, look, if tech's going to suck, I want to go to the pinstripe ball. If we suck, pinstripe ball, sign me up. Boom. No I think problem. that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a 50 minute drive for us from New Jersey mm-hmm. in and out same day, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's just good to see the uh the manhattan Hokies, the new jersey yeah. Hokies out in full force embracing a uh a tough defeat but uh at least being together there so we'll move along here to uh to some farewells um obviously a tremendous amount of respect for for everybody i just wanted to point a couple guys out first and foremost starting with tyrell smith um everybody's favorite couple couple tidbits here um and his, his, the history of him being on campus makes it difficult. Me and Pat were going back and forth on Pat's like, man, is he, I think I ran into him on campus in 2008. I think I ran into him on campus in 2012. Um, so I had to, I had to reach out to him and check, but uh, he has been on campus as a student at Virginia Tech from two, uh, spring 2015 until December of 2021. He was one of eight FBS players entering their seventh season at the same school in 2021, recruited by Coach Grimes, current OC at BYU, played for Coach Searles and played for Coach Vice. He is a three-time, three-time captain at Virginia Tech and played in, brace yourself, 65 games at Virginia Tech. 65 games at Virginia (laughs) Tech. Um, Just a lovable guy. Um, Got a lot of love for Terrell. We came in the same same recruiting class, which is crazy to think, but – what an awesome representative of Virginia Tech and an awesome representative of um, Virginia Tech football. The approval rating on Tyrell Smith is 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 sky high. Um, and so he's yeah. headed to headed to uh, an in, no, not an internship, full time. No, he is in UFT premium yeah. sitting, premium With seating football team, the Washington football team, who apparently is about to become the Commanders, formerly the Redskins. I mean, you know. Tyrell Smith might be the star of horrible bosses for Dan Snyder over in Washington. Football, oh! you know? um, but, uh, but no, good luck. Good luck to him. If you're looking for season tickets um, for the Washington football team, call, call up Tyrell Smith. He's got you. A um, couple other guys, Trey Turner, 134 receptions. That goes for fifth 
in Virginia Tech history, 2,292 receiving yards. That is also good for fifth in Virginia Tech football history. Um, great representative, been with Virginia Tech, lots of ups and downs, extreme challenges from, you know, different quarterbacks and, you know, battling through injuries. So we wish him the best. James Mitchell, I mean, he really took the mantle and continued the success that we saw in the tight ends room following Dalton Keene. And a guy that, you know, once he got injured, could have easily immediately, you know, declared for the draft or, or not really been around the team. But, you know, you think back to that West Virginia game, he's on the sideline talking to his guys, making sure he's doing everything he can to help the team. So a complete team guy. And then uh, last guy I'll talk about at length here is somebody who I think is a little bit lost in the shuffle when it comes to their Virginia Tech Hokie career. Um, and that's Jamari Connor. Chamari Connor is a leader by example. doesn't do a ton of talking. A lot of people were kind of surprised when he was going to media day uh, his senior year, but just, just a couple numbers for you. So first of all, Chamari Connor, he was recruited from Trinity Christian Academy, which is home of Isaiah Ford. And Pat, Sean Pat Wade. <laughs> and Sean Wade. Remember last year when you bet me $100 that Sean Wade would get drafted in the first round? Yes. I was looking I was looking him up today and I saw that he went to TCA also. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, home of Isaiah Ford. He started 35 games for the Hokies and here where the numbers are kind of crazy. 2019, his first year starting, he led the team in sacks and he was second in TFLs. Uh, in 2020, he led the team in tackles. That was like, that was like the primary talking point of our podcast every week. It's like, oh, Tremari Connor is leading the team in tackles again. Why is nobody else making tackles? Uh, and then in 2021, uh, he was tied in the tied for fifth in the ACC and forced fumbles. And he just absolutely dominated the UNC game. Uh, he had eight tackles in the game winning interception wearing the magical number 25. Um, so, you know, those are some guys just wanted to point out complete list. We'll run down at Cole Blaker. He's been there forever. Love Cole Tay Daly coming from the SEC contributing Wishing him nothing the best. We got Amari Barno leaving early. Drake to Ulis. Drake stuck with it. Stuck with the team. Did whatever it was asked for. Love Drake. Brock came. Um, you know, had to sit that one year out. Battled through injury. Battled through a bunch of different stuff. Uh, you got Keandre Co. JPR, who we've watched grow tremendously this year. Just get better every single game. Um, Austin Rosa, long snapper. Lasita Smith. Looking forward to seeing, uh, hearing his name called and what the future holds for him. Nadir Thompson, Jermaine Waller, Jordan Williams, and Johnny Jordan. But we have a we have a, we have an edit we have an edit here. Pat, do we have do we have some breaking news? Did you talk to his uncle or what? what what's what's going on here? Breaking news out of the Jordan camp. He just put this on Twitter that he will be back for oh. this year of eligibility. Wow, that's yeah. significant. That that's is significant. Big. That he's is like he's like, hey man, one more one more ride around the block. I can't wait to just. I mean, I'm just excited that his uncle's going to be in the stands. I mean, his yeah. uncle was one of the highlights of Section Five last year. Jeff Jordan, Jeff Jordan, and his buddy Barry, the Orange mm -hmm. Buddha. I mean, gotta love Jeff Jordan and the Jordan family. I'm excited for uh, another go around uh, cheering on Johnny. No doubt. Uh, and then one more. This one hits close to home for everybody. Um, and it came out of nowhere. Farewell to our guy, John Laser. Um, John Laser has been with Virginia Tech since July of 2015. Um, aside from being the, the voice of Virginia Tech and being on the call for a lot of really awesome moments um, 
over over his time at Tech. I think back to you know the rainstorm against NC State. I think back to the battle at Bristol. I think about the Pittsburgh game. I think about you know the North Carolina game certainly. Um, but aside from that, huge mentor to me when I originally medical medically DQ'd back in 2017. Uh, I, I wanted to get into podcasting, and he was always there to talk to me and help me out, and uh, was a huge supporter as we all three of us have grown this platform. Um, and it seems he has a calling to, to continue to be an advocate. And he's been a great advocate for mental health. Um, and he's going to do some of that, do some traveling. Um, but yeah, John laser, we love you, man. Like I, I can't say enough about, uh, about how much we love. Let's, let's give our favorite, uh, favorite laser story here, I guess, I, I guess, uh, or a farewell for laser that that's mine. I mean, that's my guy. I love Lays. Pat, what do you got? What do you got for uh, John Laser? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun when we played golf with him two two springs ago. Oh spring, yeah. You know, spring of 2020. And uh, he was he was giving us grief the whole time because we were just goofing off and we weren't I shot like a 175. Well, yeah. Billy Ray was like up in the 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 two hundreds. You know, I, I was playing my first round in like six months and Lays was just like, damn, I can't believe what are you guys doing out here? You know, um, <laughs> that was a ton of fun getting to getting to chop it up out there with him. And then uh, in Brooklyn a few weeks ago, I got got yeah. some slices with with Lays and that was really cool before the Memphis game. Uh, and, you know, who could forget the Clean Mountain Air campaign, which has been really cool and really special. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have my T-shirt here and, um, you know, Lays opening our eyes to the world of mental health awareness through his clean mountain air campaign, uh, getting Cornell Cranham on the team, uh, with Wes, um, you know, that was really cool to hear about and, and learn about and read about as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of memories, but favorite lace calls gotta be the two UVA calls, you know, cup is going nowhere, Mikey and go back to your room, little brother. Yeah. 2018 and 2021, big time, uh, big time lace calls. And of course, Every Lazism podcast was just so, much fun. so gonna miss that. I was gonna say, man, like what? Yeah, I distinctly remember the day I met John Lazer. I actually met Lays at uh, at the Michael Vick Hall of Fame induction ceremony back in the fall of 2017, uh, and then just from that moment on, uh, followed each other on Twitter and and just it's a testament to him really as a collective because he's been in our corner since we started this thing uh we we definitely owe him a lot and uh i, I would say my favorite memory uh one of my favorite memories is is doing the lasers and podcast and singing that's amore by dean martin and he's, <laughs> he's got the biggest kick out of that uh so you know who who, who knows uh, what's next for lays outside of the mental health awareness uh that he hopes to continue working in uh, but I know that he's going on that road trip with his wife and he says, he says he's coming out here to LA and that's where he's going to end it. So Lays, whenever you get here, man, holler at me. We'll, uh, we'll go to the comedy store, do something fun like that. Uh, but, but cannot say enough good things about that, man. No doubt about it. Um, nothing but love for John Laser. So we are going to get into uh, some of the other stuff going on uh, with Virginia tech, but first, we have uh, a continuation of our relationship with our friends over at DraftKings. Pat, talk to us a little bit about DraftKings. Listen up, DraftKings and Queens. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Wow. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's the call to action, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code SOS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins this weekend. That's promo code SOS this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> what a read. I was one of the What a read-off. A real that professional read-off. The DraftKings in Queens was great. Heck yeah. 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 We'll, uh, we'll keep that going. And guys, I know Virginia's not on there. We're working on that. And uh, hopefully between... Now and when this podcast goes out there, we can get Virginia up and ready to go on there. Indeed. Awesome. Oh, oh, one more, one more note on the uh, on the on the gambling side of things. So we have a winner for our bowl game uh, sweepstakes here, uh, and the winner coincidentally happens to be our very own Locks of Saturday's father, Robert Irby, Mister Robert Irby. I don't know if his name's Robert, but he's Robert Irby's pops. He won the giveaway, um, so we will be sending you a gift for your win uh, in the Bull Mania, Bull Bash, Bull Bull Deal. Uh, and if you don't listen to Locks of Saturday, well, it runs in the family. So if you're looking to throw some money around here on uh, on DraftKings, check out Locks of Saturday. They'll be uh, actually expanding to other sports and going year round. So we're really excited about that. Um, but Grayson, with a great read off comes a great a great segment and a little, are... a little tidbit, man. Yeah, it, go ahead, man. It, it, in the spirit of, uh, of DraftKings and the NFL, uh, we want to talk some prokies. Uh, the NFL regular season just ended after week 17. So we want to shout out some, uh, some Hokies who've been killing it. But before I do that, I have to do this. Pat, you'll appreciate this. Hokies in the NFL, presented by Carillion Clinic, finding better health. Shout out to Bill Roth. Those who know, they know. Um, Terrell Edmonds. Had an interception on Sunday, this past Sunday, in the Steelers game against the Baltimore Ravens. That makes two for him on the season. Uh, Divine Diablo was named as one of the NFL Network's top five rookies of the week last week. Also, also, if y'all haven't seen that speech that he gave in the postgame presser about like team accountability as a rookie, you should check that out because that was really, really cool. Um, also, more Raiders news, Divine Diablo and Brandon Faison. This was awesome. Both got the start for the Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles Chargers this past Sunday and had back-to-back appearances on the player introductions. That was so cool to see them both. Devon Diablo, Virginia Tech. Brandon Faison, Virginia Tech. Love that. Gotta love that. 
Uh, in week 16, Chuck Clark had not one but a two-interception game against the Los Angeles Rams. Odell Beckham Jr., what were you doing? You seemed pretty pissed after that first interception. You, like, punched him in the rear end. I don't know what that was about, but that was not very friendly. Uh, let's be nice. Sons of sportsmanship. Uh, Big Tim Settle, Penguin Dance, had a tackle for loss in week 17 against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then we want to shout out um, Spring League MVP Ryan Willis for making the Chicago Bears roster. Ryan Willis. Ryan, Ryan Willis. Willis. Back in the Mick Foles and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a Justin Fuente boy. Two uh, Fuente products, too. Two, two Fuente products on the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then a few other shout-outs here real quick to some, some more NFL pro keys. Uh, Wyatt Teller, man, securing the bag this season in Cleveland. Signed a four-year deal worth $56.8 million. He's been axe-murdering people all year a lot of oh. pancakes and that's a lot of ford f-150s apparently like you know he's not the kind of go out and splurge on a mclaren or anything like that that dude just wants okay. to whip a truck and pick up gators uh so he's become an instrumental part of cleveland's offense and uh, honestly all three of us we can't wait to see what he accomplishes he's a hell of a football player juice khalil juice herbert finished the regular season with 433 rushing yards averaging 4.3 yards per carry, and he had two touchdowns this season. And then Sons of Special Teams, man, Brian Johnson and Joey Sly kicked for multiple teams in 2021 and made field goals for both teams. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. Uh, and then there was the, the week where it was Brian Johnson and Joey Sly, both on the Washington football team. Kind of, you know, when Joey Sly got injured, Brian Johnson steps up, so we love that. Uh, and then the last one here, Dwayne Brown, man. Dwayne Brown's an old man, but he's showing no signs of slowing down after 14 years of playing in the National Football League. The veteran is still the starting left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. So it's like when they sing, when they sing happy birthday, how many more, you know, how many more years are you going to play in the NFL, man? Uh, but a lot of a lot of special things going on with the with the Prokeys in the NFL. Kendall and Kyle Fuller still killing it out there. Uh, a lot of guys we didn't mention, but uh, we're really, really proud of our guys. And here's to hoping uh, that uh, some of our guys get drafted this spring. Hey, here's to hoping Yash Nijman. Shout mean, out to Yash. He's in one. Yes. Starting yeah, left tackle yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Packers. Packers. Garnet, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, indeed. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I mean, it's been really cool to see the success Virginia Tech's been having in the, in the NFL. Uh, and then you think of guys like Dalton Keene and uh, guys like Logan Thomas, who both missed out on this season, uh, looking forward to them making an illustrious return. And then also Isaiah Ford uh, had his most productive year of his, uh, of his career in the NFL um, this season, uh, finishing with 12 catches, 161 yards, but uh, December 19th versus the Jets, he had three catches for 51 yards. Um so, yeah, excited, excited for a lot of guys uh, and looking forward for what is to come. Next segment here, we're going to dive into some of the staff, some of the roster. Um, and just kind of, you know, we're going to do an incomplete roster deep dive, kind of trying to understand what we need, what do we got, what was it looking like. But right now, from a 10,000-foot level, um, a cruising altitude, what, uh, what do we have going on on the, uh, on the roster and the staff? Right now, surprises. Pat, you just surprised me with this one, but Johnny Jordan will be back in 2022. 
Silas Zanzi will also be coming back next year, which is extremely exciting. He had a cool little video. Love to see that. Uh, and remember Silas, he was, he was tearing up uh, in his last game, uh, in, in his supposed last game in Lane Stadium, talking about last one in Lane, last one in Lane. Nope, he's coming back. So looking forward to some more, uh, some more crocodile tears from Silas Zanzi leaving the field with another win in Lane Stadium next year on Senior Day. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then Armani Chapman will also be returning next year for the Virginia Tech Hokies. But let's talk about the staff. Everybody's fired up about the staff. We got announcements galore um, and uh, a lot of updates. So, Pat, uh, catch us up to what's going on with the staff here. All right, we're going to do the best we can here. So, Coach Pry was hired, what, like December 2nd? Something something along those lines, first, first week of December. And uh, came in, had to assemble his entire staff. And when we talk about a staff, there is 10 primary assistants. So, you know, the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. There's a strength and uh, conditioning staff. There's the recruiting staff. And then there is the support staff. Um, So I'm excited. First of all, there's, there's, there's a larger pool of money to pay assistants and support staff that, um, you know, I think has been unearthed as one of the biggest priorities and needs for the football program. As far as coach Fuente's staff, I think coach corn was like at the bottom of the ACC and in offensive coordinator salary, you know, you want to have a good offensive coordinator. You got to pay an offensive coordinator. Who's going to be good. Um, So over the past, over the past few weeks, we've been able to pull in some hires here um, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But even before we jump into this, you guys saw this tweet today from Georgia, right? The yep. um, the Georgia football staff, the support staff, the chefs, the interns, the chefs, interns, intern, you know, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant regional manager. I mean, I, I think there might have been you know, six dozen names on this list. What did you, what did you guys think of, uh, of kind of just comparing and contrasting Georgia and Virginia tech and just resources? What were uh, the initial thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, it's contrasting and contrasting. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what, that's what you're, that's ultimately what Virginia tech and I don't know, Minnesota, Cal, all of these other, all these other schools are, are competing against is just a monumental amount of money. And, you know, Grayson, like you were saying, you know, you look at some of the stars on the sideline of Alabama and you're in, you know, Georgia and you're like, oh man, that guy, oh, that guy, that guy, that guy. Well, you do the same thing when you see the staffs at Alabama and Georgia. Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. Holman Wiggins is the wide receivers coach. Um, Will Muschamp is the co-DC. I mean, they have coaches that could be head coaches serving in, you know, position, position player roles and, um, you know, analyst roles. So that's, that's, that's kind of what the difference is and where everybody's trying to get to. Um, it's just a different ball game, man. It re- really, really is. It's a different machine. It, it shows you just how far uh, money uh, gets you in this game, uh, how important donations are from the alumni. And uh, that in mind, join the Hokie Club uh, so we can pay our staff. I think that's very important. Uh, don't be the people who are like, uh, don't join the Hokie Club. Join the Hokie Club. Uh, because you, you, you see that you see the list of staff that Georgia has, how can they afford that? They have people who donate and people who care. 
That's how you get to that level. That is how you win football games and ultimately what everyone is chasing, and that is national championships. Uh, you know, we just don't have those resources, which is the unfortunate thing. But that's not to take away from the staff that Coach Brent Pry has has put together. This is there's a lot of things to be excited about. Michael Hazel, have we we've never had a chief of staff? I don't think of any kind or any type of like general manager esque position. As long as I've been a Virginia Tech football fan and good programs in the modern game of college football, they have one of those guys. So I, that's one position in particular on this new staff that I'm very excited to see added. Um, yeah. Michael Hazel, assistant AD, chief of staff is his official title, spent eight seasons uh, at Penn State, which is how he knows Coach Pry. Um, and he was in operations at Penn State. And this was, this was, you know, he was senior director of football operations there um, at Penn State. But people on Twitter and, and in the national media were definitely impressed by this hire. Um, just to have someone to kind of be a, a business manager from the football team's aspect and, and the football standpoint is, is massive. I'm, so I'm, I'm definitely fired up. I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, kind of off the bat here, Grayson, because I think there's so much that goes behind the scenes that, you know, over the past six years from the Coach Fuente era that, you know, if we had a Michael Hazel or someone like this, you know, doing stuff in the background, um, you know, maybe some things would have gone differently. Um, most recently, yesterday, Monday, we announced Tyler Bowen as the offensive coordinator. Tyler Bowen is uh, the former tight ends coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was there for one year, um, but he actually coached with Coach Pry at Penn State uh, from 2018 to 2020. Actually did some interim offensive coordinating uh, and, and called plays, I think, in a few games at Penn State. Um, do you guys have any feedback on, on Coach Bowen? I feel like we don't really know much about him at this point it's been kind of like the worst kept secret um obviously this has been delayed for so long and everyone's known about it because he's been with the jacksonville jaguars um but you know been around football for a long time and i think one of the common places of this staff that he's bringing in is these are guys that um you know brent pry has spent a lot of time with guys that brent pry trusts um but a little bit, a little bit different than what we saw previously. These guys have, you know, a lot of these guys are close to a decade or over a decade of uh, coaching experience uh, at the collegiate level. Um, so certainly, you know, excited about, uh, about Tyler Bowen. Yeah. I think, from a, from a recruiting aspect, I think, uh, you know, when he was at Penn state, he was the offensive recruiting coordinator. Um specifically he, he was he so he would recruit for the offense he was also the tight ends coach and the co-oc um so it's not like he's he's not coming in with experience he's been around in the game for a long time he had a very impressive stint when he was at fordham as well as the uh, the play caller there i think i think you know you just you ask any any hokey they're just happy to to have a new support staff in general and the one position the elephant in the room here the one that's been under a microscope this entire time is the offensive coordinator. Uh, and, you know, Tyler Bowen, he's young. He's, he's very, very young. 
the fact that he has been in an NFL locker room, uh, I think is good. I think that's a good thing. I just, uh, my thought process with this staff is only time will tell. Um, you know, I, I like that he's a younger coach. Uh, for some reason, that's encouraging uh, for me personally, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, he's, he recruited a lot of talented kids to play at Penn state university. Uh, and so we'll see what, we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know, I'm just happy to have all these guys in Blacksburg. Who else we got, Pat? Probably the next, probably the most exciting hire that's been made so far, uh, which was announced last week was Joe Rudolph coming in from Wisconsin He's going to be our offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. Uh, But he was at Wisconsin for seven years, uh, specifically as their associate head coach and also uh, had some play calling duties there, was later demoted to offensive line coach at Wisconsin. Um, He's very close with Paul Christ. He was at Pittsburgh um, with Paul Christ before Wisconsin actually was a – an offensive lineman at Wisconsin. So he, he was coaching at his alma mater for a number of years, um, but really well known for recruiting. And then, I mean, you guys have watched Wisconsin football play over the last decade and a half, two decades. I mean, they just, they, they turn out offensive linemen and running backs who just run through massive holes. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I feel like every single year, the all big 10 first team running backs are always Wisconsin folks, um, you know, because of the offensive lines that Joe Rudolph uh, has put together, you know, they, uh, they, they're known to recruit solid talent um, and develop talent on the offensive line. So Joe Rudolph is definitely a big time hire for this Virginia tech uh, staff moving forward. Um, In addition to that, just some other names here that we've, been able to pull in um you guys know chris marv uh who's coming from florida state is going to take over play calling duties on the defensive side of the ball uh, and also coach linebackers so i assume that coach pry chris marv and xavier db um are going to work very closely together with the linebacking core um pearson prelo was promoted to safeties coach uh that was pretty cool to see him you know he's been a part of the support staff for a few years and, um, you know, has definitely earned his keep and has quite a, uh, quite a great reputation within the Virginia tech football program. JC price was retained from the previous staff. Uh, you know, we all know that it's going to be the defensive line coach. And then Sean Quinn will round out the defense, um, as the Sam linebackers and Nichols coach and, Sean Quinn, this was kind of a, uh, you know, who's Sean Quinn, who's Sean Quinn. Sean Quinn is longtime um, close friend of Coach Pry. He was also the head coach at Savannah State um, where he was pretty successful. But, you know, I I think – what do we think of Coach Quinn? Like as far as like him and Coach Pry, is he Coach Pry's right-hand guy at this point? As far as – No, I don't believe we've named an associate associate head coach – at this point, uh, I, w- I would assume that's probably who that would be, um, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of support in the linebacker room, that's for sure. And, you know, I think if you ask Coach Pry, he'd tell you the linebacker position is the most important position, you know, on the defense. And uh, we're going to have a lot of support there. Um, offensive side of the ball. 
we, we might have lost to Brad this offseason, but we also did supplement Coach Corn with Brad Glenn, a new Brad, uh, as right. the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So got a new Brad working directly with the quarterbacks, uh, joining the Virginia Tech staff. He was at Georgia State as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, the thing that really jumped off the page to me was that uh, Brad Glenn was nominated for the Broyles Award, um, I believe in 2019. And that is the award for the top assistant coach in the nation. Bud Foster won that award in 2006. Brent Venables has won that award. Tony Elliott's won that award. You know, um, if you're, if you're on that list of nominees, you're, you're doing something right. Um, so Brad Glenn will be mentoring the quarterbacks. Shall we talk analysts? We'll st- we're still on the offense. Oh man. We've got, we got a lot of coaches. I know. <laughs> Call us Georgia. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Stu Holt is the running backs coach and special teams coach. He is uh, joining Virginia Tech from Louisville. Um, notes on Stu Holt. I have a few here. Uh, but he spent some time at Louisville, spent some time at App State, South Florida, Western Kentucky, and um, played for UNC. Fun fact. Um, so Coach Holt will be the running back and special teams coach. The only coach that has not been hired so far in the, um, you know, of the 10 assistants is the wide receivers coach. Uh, there's some rumors out there. We're not going to announce everything right now, but um, I imagine that we'll have that hire pretty soon. Um, let's see. Okay. Analysts. Analysts. I know we're excited about analysts. Um, first, we'll start with Brian Christ. He was promoted to senior offensive analyst. Uh, he was previously serving as a offensive analyst. So you add the SR dot to the uh, to the label. Probably a bigger office, you know, a couple changes. Uh, no, but he's a Blacksburg native. Uh, he was a GA at Virginia Tech from 1994 to 1995 with Coach Beamer and an assistant with Coach Pry. They were on the same staff in 1995. Um, he was on the staff at UMass, where one of his most renowned pupils was brrr, Patterson Catholic legend, New Jersey legend, Super Bowl champion, Victor Cruz. Won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Um, and he was also the director of player personnel at Nebraska in 2014. Um, aside from that, one that everybody is extremely excited about, Xavier DB has been hired as a defensive analyst for Virginia Tech. This is awesome. Um, Before we talk about his history with Virginia Tech, just to give you an idea that this is not just, oh, we're going to bring him in and he's just going to be here because he's, you know, Xavier Adibi. No, he was the defense coordinator at Texas A&M Commerce, who had the number three ranked defense in Division II as a whole and also had the number five scoring defense in Division II as a whole. So really, really impressive stuff um, from the young and up-and-coming coach, Xavier Adibi. But Pat and Grayson, for those who may not know, new Hokies, who, who is Xavier Adibi? Let, uh, let Pat Finn and I enlighten y'all. For those who don't know anything about Coach X, uh, this Phoebus High School product is not only a 757 legend, he is a Virginia Tech defensive legend. Standing at 6'2 and 242 pounds, 
That man played linebacker, not defensive end. He played linebacker for Coach Bud Foster. Uh, and to say that he was one of Coach Bud Foster's star pupils, I think would be an understatement. He was an instrumental piece to every Virginia Tech defense from 2004 to 2007. And he was a two-time ACC champion. Uh, and he was a starting linebacker as a sophomore and a junior on two back-to-back number one overall ranked defenses in the country in 2005 and 2006. If you haven't seen any of his tape, if you haven't seen any of his highlights, they're on YouTube. Go check them out and get excited. Um, me personally, Xavier Adibi is one of my favorite Virginia Tech players of all time. Uh, everyone should be excited about this hire as a defensive analyst from top to bottom. I think he'll really positively impact recruiting, especially in the Tidewater and in the 757. And just from a schematical standpoint, you know, the man knows defense. Uh, I'm, and I'm just, I'm just, very, very happy that we were able to pull uh, Coach DB back, uh, back to Blacksburg. Pat, any thoughts on this, man? I know you know him like uh, like I know him. There's three DB plays that stand out in my mind. I mean, there's there's actually hundreds of Xavier DB plays that were really just stamped on, you know, Hokie fans' minds. But two pick sixes, one of them against Georgia Tech, 2005. I want to say. I think that's right. Yeah, I, I always, I always get a little confused when, when you mix, two thousand five and two thousand six because we hosted Georgia Tech at home. I think consecutive years. I might have to look this up, but we hosted them for college game day in two thousand five. We beat them fifty one to seven, and Xavier Adibi had a pick six that game. We also hosted Georgia Tech at home in two thousand six and lost. Uh, that was Calvin Johnson. Um, yep, came and you know had like three touchdowns but the first pick six uh the pick six against boston college in the 2007 ac championship where he essentially capped off the game picked off matt ryan and then the last one is um i think it was 2004 at georgia tech reggie reggie ball is like on his own 25 yard line and Xavier DB is kind of just one-on-one with him and he sacks him for a loss of like eight yards. You know what I'm talking about, Grayson? Yeah, I do. And I, I think his trademark that every Hokie that the watching Xavier play that I wish someone would bring back is his famous neck roll. He always wore the giant neck guard on the back of his pads uh, and just, you know, he was, he was a menace, and and you can't talk about him without talking about Vince Hall. You got to shout out Vince Hall. That that tandem, I stand by it. I always say this, best linebacking duo, linebacker duo in Virginia Tech football history, bar none, hands down. Yeah, I think probably arguably the best linebacker combo the ACC has ever seen. Um, the DB was, a, was an All-American. He was a finalist for the – as a coach, he was a finalist for the 2021 – Football Scoop Coordinator of the Year. So, Bill, sounds like he's doing a lot of good stuff down at Texas A&M Commerce. Um, he also has spent some time in an SEC um, on an SEC staff. He's an analyst a few years back at Arkansas as well. Um, so, every Hokie fan who watched Xavier DB play in the 2000s uh, is, is pretty fired up about this. And I think as far as, like, the coaching staff goes, we have – Two more folks that we should comment on. One, 
uh, this is this guy's going to be working a lot with Michael Hazel, Michael Villagrana. So we got Mike and Mike. Michael Villagrana is going to be the senior director of player personnel. He was actually the general manager at Marshall. So we got Michael Hazel, chief of staff, Michael Villagrana coming in as like a, a GM, senior director of player personnel. They're going to be doing a lot of stuff um, behind the scenes. Um, but Coach Pry and Villagrana were acquainted originally. Um, let's see where. Okay, so uh, Villagrana is from Youngstown, and he was at Penn State from 2015 to 2017, um, and he helped put together the recruiting class in 2018. That was sixth in the country. Um, so he. Looks like he had a hand in recruiting uh, at Penn State, also at Mississippi State, played at West Virginia, and scored one touchdown in his career as a tight end. And it was against Virginia Tech in 2005. That's a fun fact. Um, so welcome, Mr. Villagrana, to the staff. And then the last one is Dwight Galt IV, who will lead the strength and conditioning program uh, for Virginia Tech. Dwight Galt, Coach Galt worked with Coach Pry when they were at Penn State. This is, you know, definitely a trend here. A lot of these folks have Penn State uh, lineage. And uh, before or after Penn State, he was the director of sports performance at Old Dominion um, since early 2019, where he was helping out ODU and their football program. Um, his dad is actually a legend um dwight galt the third happy trails just, just retired. retired from yeah. penn state so um yeah dwight galt went to maryland graduated in 2009 uh played on the defensive line at maryland earned the program's tough terp award four times so that's awesome even though we don't really like maryland um worked with stefan gilmore and jadevon Jadavian, Jesus, Jadavian Clowney, um, when he was at South Carolina for a two-year stint. So uh, excited about Coach Galt here as well. Um, and that rounds out the staff for now. There's a lot of names. I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are going to be coming in. You know, we need to fill out the strength staff, need to really see what the recruiting staff is going to look like too. But um, exciting times here at uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, to, to, to take us home here, uh, I'm just going to give you a position of need. Great, Grayson, uh, you and I will both pick a position of need here uh, in the transfer portal. Um, and then Pat is going to fill us in on one of the needs that have seemed to be uh, fulfilled. Uh, the need for me, uh, what I'm really looking to see us get figured out is the, um, the large humans uh, side of the ball here. Um, so... As it currently stands, the offensive line has 11 now. We had to, we had to asterisk this uh, with the Johnny Jordan news, but we have 11 offensive linemen, and two of them are going to be non-freshmen, uh, freshmen from last year. So there's that. And then the defensive line also has 11 bodies, and only four of those 11 are upperclassmen. So obviously you look at the track record with Penn state and how they like to play football. You look at Wisconsin and how they like to play football. 
Um, they like to run the ball. They like to dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, and Virginia Tech is going to need to find some help, whether it be through the transfer portal, through recruiting over these next couple of years. The, the offensive and defensive line, both respectfully, are going to be needed uh, to have a little bit of an overhaul. Grayson, is there a specific position to you that stands out that we uh, will need to rebuild here, uh, whether it be through the portal or through recruiting over the next couple of years? I, I wouldn't say there's a – well. There's a couple, of, uh, I guess, positions uh, on the defense in particular and on the offense. Uh, I would say linebackers and defensive secondary, we need more speed. Just, just, just more speed swarming to the football. Guys who are absolute ball hawks. And I'm not saying that we haven't had that. I just feel that in the earlier 2000s, our defense was so explosive and we got, we just had guys who were so fast and just swarmed to the football. Uh, and we've kind of lost that, I guess, lost that defensive edge, I think in recent years. Uh, and then just on the offensive side of the ball, anytime you can have guys who, you know, fast wide receivers, fast running backs, guys who will hit the holes hard, uh, hit them fast. Like, Speed is very, very important. So finding guys who are just ball hawks on both sides of the ball. Speed. Yeah. Recruiting speed. Pat, we had a little news um, with the folks calling the plays and throwing the football. So fill us in on what's going on there. Thank goodness. This was, <laughs> this was, goodness. Uh, this was the biggest thing, man. There were like dozens upon dozens of quarterbacks in the portal. And we're like, all right, who are we going after? Um, Obviously, we have Devin Farrell coming in in the class of 2022. Um, he's a Georgia quarterback, um, dual, dual threat, I'm pretty sure. But next year's quarterback room, Taj Bullock, Connor Blumrick, Devin Farrell. You know, we're going to need some talent from the transfer portal. So we go out and get two transfers on the same day. They both announced at 6 o'clock. I think it was last Thursday or, or Wednesday. Um, number one, Grant Wells transfer quarterback from Marshall and he actually had been the starting quarterback at Marshall um, earned conference USA freshman of the year and um, all conference USA first team in 2020 and honorable mention this past year um, you know in two seasons there 5600 yards 34 touchdowns 22 picks and completed 64 percent of his passes um, and it also was was mobile had 18 rushing touchdowns over the past two years. So Grant Wells is a, uh, is a guy from Marshall. He's from uh, West Virginia. So, you know, it's not like he's coming, uh, coming from across the country, but he's going to have three years of eligibility here. Um, thanks to the COVID year. And even before we talk about Jason Brown, you guys know um, this this Marshall trend. CJ CJ McCray was a Marshall guy. Mm-hmm. He's a linebacker at Marshall. JC Price obviously has joined the staff um, from Marshall. Michael Villagrana, former Marshall GM, and now we got um, Grant Wells. So it's like you know we're doing the Marshall thing. We usually send a lot of guys to Florida and basketball. Now we're getting a lot of guys from Marshall. What are some other schools that we send a lot of people to 
Oh, we send people to Marshall too. I mean, CJ Rivas ended up at Marshall. Devontae Beckett ended up at Marshall. Devontae Beckett uh, also uh, on a roster. He is uh, on the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, so uh, school, we send a lot of people to. I mean, yeah, Florida, that's, that's, there's the one right there. So, um, but yeah, no, I love, I love, I love seeing the Marshall connection um, and uh, just kind of filling needs where we need to. So excited to have both the, to have him on board and uh, the next gentleman we're about to talk about. JB, Jason Brown, come on down. And this guy has been wanting to play at Virginia Tech his entire life. He is a Spotsylvania, Virginia native. He played high school uh, at Chancellor, which is around that, I guess like Spotsylvania, Fredericksburg, Lake Anna are all kind of like in that area. Um, but man, I, so I got to see Jason Brown play um, at, at South Carolina, November 7th or November 8th, they played Florida. And um, I think this was his first start and he, he played really well, but Jason Brown was not recruited by like anyone out of high school, you know, he camped at a few places and he played at St. Francis um, before transferring to South Carolina around this time last year. And then seeing that he got his chance to go to Virginia tech, you know, um, knowing that there's a chance to play at tech, knowing that the opportunity to play at South Carolina is probably going to dwindle, knowing that the, the roster was a challenge for him to get playing time last year. And with Spencer Rattler coming in, you know, he knew he wasn't going to really get his opportunity. Um, He's ending up at Virginia Tech, his dream school, which is really incredible. I think it's really good for, for culture. Um, a guy like this who's put in the work, you know, a, a one-star, two-star guy now is going to live out his dream. Um, and for one year of eligibility, uh, hopefully we can get a lot out of Jason Brown. But um, last year he threw for 721 passing yards, had eight touchdowns, six picks, and a 55.6% completion rate. So numbers – not great, but um, did beat Florida, did beat Auburn uh, last year. And me and John Yetzi and Courtney Adams, we went to see him. He was fantastic. He was so much fun to watch that game. Their running game was really good as well, and their defense stepped up. Um, you know, it wasn't the Jason Brown show, but um, he had a fantastic game. So I'm excited for, for both Jason and Grant Wells to – going to spring ball here and compete for the starting role. I mean, between them two and Taj Bullock, I think it should be a uh, exciting quarterback competition here uh, over the next eight or so months. Um, so yeah, fired up about it. And then I guess we're on the topic of, uh, of news. We know we need wide receivers. Like that's another position that we just need more talent. Tavion is gone. He went to Kentucky Trey Turner is going to the NFL. Um, guys like Caleb Smith, Daywan Lofton, Jalen Jones, Christian Moss, you know, Dallin Wright, um, Kelly Lawson, some guys coming in from 2022. They're going to get a chance to prove themselves because there's not really a, a feature wide receiver that we are returning here in this next campaign. Um, but we do have Jaden Blue. You're my boy, Blue. In the boat from Temple. And he is talented. He, he had a very, very, very good 2019. Uh, that was his banner year. Caught 95 passes in 2019. I mean, that's, that's pretty absurd. 95 uh, catches, over 1,000 yards, only four touchdowns. 
that's kind of weird. I don't know. I saw 95 catches, four touchdowns. Like, um, I guess they're not throwing it's <laughs> throwing him the ball in the red zone uh, in 2019. But since that season, he's hauled in 71 receptions in the 14 games that he's played in since. Just to give you some perspective on how many catches this guy has, um, Trey Turner and Tavion Robinson combined for 84 catches this year. And um, Jaden Blue has, you know, over 100 60 um, 165 career catches so this dude will be a playmaker for Virginia Tech this fall and I'm pretty fired up about it yeah another name just to uh you know who'll have a chance to prove himself we saw Jaden Payute have a um have one 42 like it was probably one of the only highlights of the of the pinstripe bowl uh yeah. but I, uh, I forget how, how could I forget sorry Payute yeah so uh he'll be another guy we're looking um to see how he factors in. Um, I know that was a lot. Sorry to overwhelm you guys. You know, we have a lot of news. Got to catch you guys up on it. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll end with a couple of letters from the lunch pail. Um, our friend, Steve Bryce, I usually answer his questions. He's probably sick of hearing me answer his questions. So he specifically uh, asked question for at Pat Finn and at Grayson Wimbish. After watching the past two seasons, did either of you realize how bad a rebuild we would be in store for at basically all the position groups? Uh, yeah. Um, after watching the pinstripe bowl, man, I, my immediate thought was we are worse off now than when Frank Beamer retired. And I mean, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to be rude or knock on anybody else, but it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. I mean, we, when Frank Beamer retired, we were kind of – it was like a median. It was, I think of it like the, the Instagram meter when you go up and down and you're putting the little filter on your pictures. You're right there in the middle to turn it up, and then to turn it down, you can go to the left. We're all the way to the left now. We're in a ditch. We're in a ditch right now, and we got we to gotta crawl our way out of it. I know that analogy is convoluted as hell, but it's the truth. We have to crawl out of a ditch, and it's going to take time to do that. It's going to take time. Next year, I said it earlier, I don't think it's going to be pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not supposed to be pretty because uh, we have a page one re rewrite, a page one rewrite on our hands. Brent Pride, God bless you, man. You took on a hell of a job. Pat, anything to add there for Steve Bryce? Um, yeah, huge rebuild. Huge rebuild, I think. I think you're a fool if you don't think that this is a massive undertaking. I also think that we're in an era where the transfer portal, you can hit the portal really hard and get, get a few guys in and you can really make a difference in, in your program. Um, you know, look what Michigan state did last year. They absolutely crushed, crushed the transfer portal and they had a fantastic year this year. You know, they won, they won 10 or 11 games. Um, yeah. I mean, these past two seasons were horrible. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, what really uh, kind of answer you're looking for here. It's a big rebuild. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Hit the portal, Bill, you're on, you're on mute. I was on mute. Um, so yeah, there's your answer to your question um, from the two guys you asked it from. Um, 
aside from that, let's let's wrap up with some Sharky shout outs. And we missed you guys. Look, we got some real. Well, we got we got one more. Brendan White. One more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Go ahead, Pat. The new staff, Brendan White, Panano man. The new staff obviously is a hefty task with refilling the team, changing schemes, changing mindsets, fan engagement, branding. From what we know about them, what are the strengths that could help us rebuild as quickly and successfully as possible? How do they fit at Virginia Tech? A lot of these guys that we have brought in to our staff have experience in recruiting at this level that the previous staff did not have. And in order to rebuild as quickly and successfully as possible, well, that's recruiting is really the first thing that you can do. Well, I I guess the first thing you can do is assess the talent that you have in the room right now and and develop the talent that you have in the room. But the second thing you can do is go out and hit the trail and hit the transfer portal. Um, And over the past week, we've seen three guys come in that are going to make an impact next year. Um, I'm really excited about Jaden blue and these two quarterbacks. I think these two quarterbacks, um, adding them to our room makes our, it's an upgrade automatically over last year's quarterback room. Um, So I think from what we know about the staff, you know, Joe Rudolph, that guy develops offensive linemen. We're going to have the fact that Johnny Jordan's back is huge. Caden Moore is back. That's big. Silas Janzi's back. That's big. Um, You know, Parker Clements. These are guys that are going to be the leaders of our offense and, um, you know, a guy like Joe Rudolph is going to, for example, help develop them so we can have the best offensive scheme possible, you know, in the run game. Um, so that's kind of my short, long tangent. Yeah, the only, the only ad I have to that, um, and Grace, and I completely agree with what you said um, regarding the rebuild. The only thing I would say is, is I think uh, where we are better off now than we were before is I think it's become – pretty obvious how important funding and administrative support when it comes to dollars are um, when it comes to putting together a staff, getting together a recruiting, recruiting assistance and um, facilities and everything else. And I think Virginia Tech has Virginia Tech, the university and Virginia Tech, the athletics department have both made a very big commitment to football. Um, And I think that we saw some of those benefits start to pay off with this recruiting class that we've had. Um, from last year, which still, you know, tremendous job um, by the previous staff and by the recruiting staff, which some of I know are coming back. It looks like Lino is going to be staying. It looks like Justice Justin Gavea Winslow will also be staying. Um, just yeah. based on what they've been doing, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's one area where um, we have a little bit of an advantage where we may have not had it before. So, uh, Grace, anything to add to that? No, I mean, I, I said it earlier, man, funding's huge. When we were talking about the Georgia staff, it's, it's yeah. monumental. It is paramount. Uh, and now, like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited about the staff. I trust the hires that Brent Price made. Um, so here's looking forward to 2022. It's not going to be easy, but got to do it. And, guys, you do not need a high budget to win the Coastal Division. Let's just let's – just- Call a spade a spade right Let's get now. About that. You do not need the best athletic budget in the ACC to win the Coastal Division. You do not. It is not a competitive division. You saw Carolina this year. They were trash. You saw Miami. Louisville. Louisville has unlimited cash, and they suck. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You know, um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does not have – they don't have glitz and glam. They don't have nice facilities. They really don't have much. They don't have a fan base, and they went and won 11 games this year. Um, and On paper, they really don't even have their own stadium. I, I guess don't. I know that that falls under facilities, but, like, that's crazy. The Pittsburgh Panthers developed a quarterback and had and played great defense over the past few years. And this year it all came together. You know, we it's the coastal division. Uh, but that being said, for 2022, you know, tamper your expectations. I wouldn't I wouldn't have high expectations for what this group can do. But, you know, we can be hopeful and uh, we can hit the portal and get excited and go to the spring game. Shout outs. Shout outs. So I first mentioned this earlier. Didn't want to shout out the Finn family, uh, Willie Kranick, Matt Rivera, Greg Smith, Eric Nasto, Greg. I already said Greg. Karen Wurzel, uh, Chris, learning life on Twitter. And uh, our guy, Tyler G, hashtag insider. Uh, thanks for a great time at the Pinstripe Bowl. Really, really appreciated it. And then the other one that I have is former Virginia Tech football player and former Virginia Tech lacrosse player and um, current really good friends and good people, uh, Trent Young and Brittany Vanveld Houston. Uh, Vanveld Houston is going to drop a couple. Uh, what are they called? What is it? What is it? Um, uh, what are they called? How do you make a haiku? It's syllables. The yeah, Vanville Houston's gonna drop some syllables and get uh, become a young. So shout out to Trent and Brittany on their uh, on their engagement, getting engaged. So shout out to you guys. Any other shout outs? Yeah, uh, I just want to shout out anyone this season who helped us grow and get the word out about the Sons of Saturday. Whether that be JJ at Sharkies, Jeremy over at MSP. To anyone who bought merchandise, the awesome T-shirts that Pat Finn designed with the quote from that annoying UNC fan on the back, uh, we appreciate everyone beyond what y'all beyond what words can describe. It was our most busy time of the year, uh, so thank you to just to everyone who's who's supported us along the way. Always. Uh, shout outs, shout out to the basketball team, guys. We need to get we need you guys to get back on track tomorrow. Yeah, we gotta figure that. We yeah. gotta figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a long cold winter and we need you guys to win some ball games. So go out there, make it rain, let it fly, and uh, make us proud up in Charlottesville. Nine p.m. tip tomorrow, late one. I was unaware of the nine p.m. tip. That is late. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Aside from that, stay tuned. We got some really exciting stuff coming to you uh, from the website. I know Shelton Moss has an article coming out um, about the quarterback room going a little bit deeper on their statistics and their history uh, and some other interviews coming up here soon, but uh, we're back 2022. Let's uh, let's punch it right in the face and have a fantastic year. Take care, everybody. See you on the slopes. To wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking.
to you and say 